Amen. It's good to come together. It's good to worship God together. Amen. And um, we had a fabulous night last night just celebrating, having a bit of fun and honoring those that serve in the house. And there's about 56 people in this church who serve this church. That's actually awesome, you know. Um, and I, I wish I can sometimes take you all and walk you through what we do. It's just fabulous, some faithful people in this church. This morning we're going to talk about Holy Spirit. I didn't want to come up with a fancy name because this is the most powerful name. We're going to talk about Holy Spirit. What is Holy Spirit? Is it or is He? We're going to discuss. Mainly on this Holy Spirit series, this morning, I want to talk about the person and the purpose of the Holy Spirit. Now, there are a lot of churches who don't want to know about the Holy Spirit. There are a lot of churches who don't know about the Holy Spirit. Some people don't want to do anything with the Holy Spirit. And I grew up in a church, I come from an Anglican church, and I grew up in that church for 14 years of my life, and I have never heard, they say it in prayer, but I've never had anyone unpack the whole uh, uh, meaning and the truth behind the Holy Spirit. And this morning I want to talk about the person because Holy Spirit is not some spooky thing. There's so many misunderstandings and misconceptions about the Holy Spirit. And we've got to understand who He is because He's part of God. We've got to understand who He is and how He functions. When we understand that, then our hearts are open to Him to move through us. So Father, I thank You for this special time together as a family of God. And as we talk about You Holy Spirit, help me to really bring you this word with clarity. I pray that we will understand because only your spirit helps us to understand the truth. So as we unpack about you, Holy Spirit, we pray, teach to us. You are the best teacher of all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. It was hard to pray in a way, talking about God, I'll tell you soon. But see, the Bible, the Holy Spirit, the Bible, you've got to understand, is written in two languages, it's Old Testament and Old, New Testament. And Old Testament was written in Hebrews, and New Testament, it was written in Greek. And so, but in these two, excuse me, trying to, in these two, that wasn't the Holy Spirit, I was trying to stop my sneeze, Okay. Uh, uh, and uh, so it's written in two languages, but it's the same spirit. Spirit of God is being mentioned in the Bible, in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. And the whole purpose of the Holy Spirit and who He is, because you've got to understand that He is part of God. He is part of the Trinity. He is, you know, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. There are three beings, but one person. Just like you and I, we have a body, uh, we have a soul, but we are a spirit being. You know, you're three different, not people, three different beings, but one person. And the Holy Spirit is like this, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. They're three, yet one. And so in the Old Testament, the Hebrew word for spirit is ruach. 
and ruach, and it's like, you know, you got to do that. You got something stuck in your throat. You know, ruach, and ruach means wind, breath, a violent exhalation or blast of breath. And that's what it was used as ruach, is a breath of God. And we see, you know, the breath of God. We see there's so many scriptures in the Bible how, you know, God breathed his breath, especially when it comes to Genesis. You know, he created man out of dust. And what did he do? He breathed his breath. That's the ruach. That's the spirit. When he breathed, he didn't take a mentos, but when he breathed, he breathed the life of God. He breathed the third person, the spirit, into Adam. Ruah. Amen. And in the New Testament, or before we go into that, sorry. So here we are. It's in Isaiah 42 verse 5. It says in Isaiah 42 verse 5, Thus says God of God the Lord, who created the heavens and stretched them out, who spread forth the earth and that which comes from it, who gives breath to the people on it and spirit to those who walk on it. You know, there's a breath of God and the spirit of God. We need those two, those important things that he gives his breath to the people on it. And that's why Psalmist writes, everything that has breath, praise the Lord. Amen. Everything that has a spirit, the breath, praise God. And so we got different cultures, church cultures. If you're born in different church cultures, you've raised up. There's so many different teachings, but I want to simplify it. It says in the Old Testament that he gives breath. And in the New Testament, it means pneuma. And the word in the spirit in New Testament is called pneuma. And that's why you said again, that means the breath of God. And pneuma, again, stands for, you know, I don't know if you've heard the term pneumatology. That means study about the Holy Spirit. It comes from the Greek word pneuma. And in John 20 and verse 2, when he, when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, what did he say? Receive the Holy Spirit. That Jesus is saying, receive part of who I am. You know, that's why when you, I don't know if you've experienced when people pray on people and some people breathe and you think, what on earth is that about? It's actually Jesus who modeled that. It's he breathed his breath upon people and received the Holy Spirit. And in John 6, 63, it is the Spirit who gives what? Life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit. That means breath, life, and they are life. That's the pneuma. Amen. It's the Spirit of God. So New Testament, I'm just unpackaging that a little bit, that there is this whole idea of the Spirit of God, Ruach or Numa. It's nothing but the breath of God. Amen. And that's the Holy Spirit. And so when you don't, when you understand the Holy Spirit, then you will understand how He moves and how He functions. Otherwise, if you don't understand who He is, because He is not an it. Okay, he's not a, he's a living person. When you die, you take your spirit to him. Okay, and God is the Holy Spirit is not it, not some weird thing. He's a person. Amen. Uh, 
And the Bible teaches that the Holy Spirit, as I said, is a person. And in John chapter 14, verse 16 and 17. And I will pray to the Father and He will give you another helper. And He's talking about the Holy Spirit. That He may abide with you forever. The Spirit of Truth. And the beautiful thing, if you are a born-again Christian, see, what he's saying here, Jesus is not saying, I will pray to the Father that He will give you a lot of knowledge. He's saying, I will give you another help of the Holy Spirit that He may abide in you forever, the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees Him nor knows Him. But you know Him, for He dwells with you and will be in you. So when you open your heart to God, that's what we talk about born again. You know, born again in Nicodemus in John chapter 3, it's a talking about the Spirit. When you give your heart to God, your heart has come alive because the Spirit of God now dwells in your heart. This is the beautiful thing. Wherever you go, you carry Jesus with you. Amen. That actually freaks me out. When I watch something that I shouldn't watch, because He's in me. That I shouldn't do something because He's watching. Yeah, I'm taking Him with me. If I go into a club and do naughty things, He's with me. I'm you got I mean, for me, that's so important. So why should I go there? Because He's in me. I've been purified. I've been sanctified. Why? Wow, the Creator. God Himself dwells in me and you. He is the one that gives us life. The person of Christ. And the beautiful thing, I can talk to Him and He hears my voice. And I have learned over the years to recognize the voice of God. The only way to recognize the voice of God is to be with God, talk to God and spend time with God. Amen. And then the other one I want to show you in Acts chapter 5. Here is Ananias and Sapphira. They, they, you know, there was a call out for everyone to sell everything and then give out to the church. And Ananias, and uh, they sell their, you know, their house. And instead of giving everything, they keep a little portion to themselves. And the Holy Spirit reveals these things. It's not magic. But he is in people, amen. So he brings it to revelation, and of course Peter, I think, is con Peter con is confronting Ananias, and he said, "I'll read the whole verse actually, uh, in verse chapter five and verse three, and he said, then Peter said, Ananias, why have you let let Satan fill your heart? You lied to the Holy Spirit. You didn't lie to me. You lied to the Holy Spirit." And you kept some of the money for yourselves. The property was yours to sell and not, or not sell as you wished. And after selling it, the money was also yours to give. How could you do a thing like this? You weren't lying to us, but to God. So here is Peter saying, you're not lying to me. You're lying 
to God. You're lying to the Holy Spirit. So again, it's showing that the Holy Spirit is part of God and He's a person and He hears everything. He sees everything. He knows everything. And He reveals everything. So you've got to understand, you partnering with somebody who is alive. You're partnering somebody who is in you. And people have mystified and I want to demystify it because it's not something spooky. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit is not just an experience. Even though you experience, He is much more than an experience. He is alive. He brings you to life, your relationship to life. See, I knew about Jesus Christ, but, but when I, there was something drawing in me. When I say something drawing, it was the Holy Spirit leading me. He is drawing me back to Him. And when I gave my heart to the Lord and He came into me, it's not, I was born and brought up in India, even though I come from a Hindu nation. I'm a fourth generation Christian. Everyone assumes that I'm a Christian because I'm a born and a Christian. That doesn't make me a follower of Jesus Christ. It doesn't. My mom and dad's parents, both sides, were pastors of an Anglican church, well known in the city, and then they carried on. And some, I mean, um, uh, Jasper's mom, dad knows my dad. I mean, all that stuff. But that's not the point. It's knowledge going to church is not enough. What you need is that relationship with the Holy Spirit, and He's waiting for you to open your heart and, and so that He can dwell in you and then He can help you in the rest of your life to lead you, to guide you into all the truth He has for you. That's when the life, it's like the lights come on because the Spirit is bringing it to life. I have never been taught this. Never been taught this until I gave my heart to God. And this whole Pentecostal thing, I want to talk about that too. You know, the Passover, Pentecost, Tabernacle, what it does, what does it mean, how God, Jesus fulfilled it. I'll talk about that in the next uh, one of the weeks. But you've got to understand this whole weird thing about Pentecostal churches. We've made weird things. We did that. If there's a revival, every revival that broke out, even in New Zealand in the late 60s, if I'm right, please correct me, they didn't just have a holy huddle. People were flocking into church, giving their hearts. Every revival brings growth. Not a good time. It's not a night fever, night fever. It's not night fever. It's not a good time. What he does, he leads you to truth. You set free. Revival is people flocking, giving their hearts to Jesus. It's not about a good time. But we have institutionalized. We have created these good times. But Jesus is not about good time. He's about making sure that the gospel is spread. It's good to have a good time too. Amen. I'm just saying to this morning, Jesus, 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 you make the darkness tremble. Wow! You make, you silence fear. Jesus. And I was thinking about that, just, you know, I was, I was in tears. Why? Because I'm saying, wow, wow, the name of Jesus. The Holy Spirit will say, there's power in the name of Jesus. Every spirit realm. Dan's going to talk next week on two different spirit realms and the demons tremble at the name of jesus angelic hosts saints rejoice at the name of jesus 
And the Spirit of God dwells and we rejoice with Him. You've got to understand the name of Jesus and the Holy Spirit. There is power. Hallelujah. I better be good. God, I want to go. I want to teach, not preach. The Holy Spirit has the following attributes. And I want to talk about the, in your connect groups, you're going to read more about it. But if you want to put that slide, thank you, about the attributes of uh, or the personality of the Holy Spirit. Um, it's intelligence. He gives, you know, uh, in Nehemiah 9.20, and if you go to the next one, because I want to skip through this, you can read them. He gives knowledge, mind, will, love, grief. You know, don't grieve the Holy Spirit, says. But that's the attributes of the Holy Spirit. Intelligence, knowledge. I mean, I can testify so many things of don't go there or go here. And uh, one day when we were going through this little place of uh, mission strip in the outskirts of our state. And then I felt the Holy Spirit say, pray against blood-sucking spirits. Now, who reveals it? The Holy Spirit. So we prayed against those blood-sucking spirits. And uh, the Kali goddess who loves blood, she wants to draw blood. And we had an accident. I'm cutting the story short. But I praise God no one died because we prayed against that. You know, God, there's a will. The Holy Spirit has a will. Seek the will of God. He reveals it to you. Have the mind of Christ. Not your mind. Often what we do is we plan and then say, God, now bless it. It's like a stamp of approval. No, no, no. We've got to have the mind of Christ. So that's just attributes. But what I want to go into is the purpose of the Holy Spirit. So that's the person. He is a person. Is that clear? That the Holy Spirit is a person. You've got to understand that. He's a living person. And now he has a purpose. And the purpose is he dwells in you. We've talked about that in John 14, 17. But he teaches us all things. He teaches us all things, but the comforter, there's a Holy Spirit, who is the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send you in my name. This is Jesus speaking. He shall teach you all things. If you don't know something, he will teach you. Now, if you're preparing for exams, don't sleep and leave it till the last minute and then at the morning and say, God, teach me now. It doesn't work like that. Okay. But the Holy Spirit will teach you all things about God, about His nature, about His character. There are so many of us who don't actually fully know God. And the Holy Spirit is itching to teach you that, but He's not going to force Himself. But if you sit with Him with His Word, the Holy Spirit begins to talk to you. I often tell people that you read any book the author is not present with you. But when you read the Bible, I know this is a BAP, app, BAP, you know. But when you read the Bible, the author himself is sitting next to you and he's talking to you. Isn't that awesome? The author himself says, James, I wrote that because this was what was happening. But this is what I want to echo through eternity. Wow. He teaches you as all things. And in, the, in another point, he brings remembrance of all things Jesus said. In John 14, 26, it says, But the Comforter, who is the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, 
He shall teach you all things and bring all things to your... Help me here. Brings all these things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. That's why when the word of God is in you, sometimes I don't know what's happening, but he will remind me, Peter, I am the same God that parted the Red Sea. I am the same God that healed when Peter and those guys walked and just by the shadow, people got healed. I'm the same God. Hallelujah. So he says, take courage, take hope. David says, why so downcast, oh my soul? Put your hope in God. Don't put your hope in people. David was talking to himself. And then the Holy Spirit reminds you of these things. Amen. Testifies. This is a beautiful thing. See, the Father, the Son, Holy Spirit. We have a spirit. We have a soul. And we live in a body. Our spirit and our mind, our spirit and our mind, they contradict at times. True? Our, our, our mind and our spirit contradict. Why? Your mind says, just say it. Say that mean thing because they've done something mean. And in your heart, you know, you shouldn't be saying that. It contradicts. True? Your, your heart says, don't do it. Don't do it. If, if I don't know what it, it could be. It could be something wrong that you're doing, like speeding, especially when the fire truck is coming close to you, you know, down the hill and you're still going straight. Anyway, yeah. And so you're speeding, and you know you're not supposed to speed, but your heart says, don't do that, that's wrong. And your mind says, I just want to get there. We, Our mind and our spirit contradict. But I want you to know this, the Holy Spirit never contradicts the Father and the Son. He never contradicts. He never. The Holy Spirit is not there for Himself. He's there to bring, to teach, to testify, to compliment, to testify about Jesus Christ and who He is. So you see that in John 15, 26. But when the Comforter is come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, He shall testify of me. So that's what I'm saying. The Holy Spirit convicts us. This is the other thing. The Holy Spirit never condemns us. Please, 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 I beg you to know this truth. God, the Father, God, the Son, Jesus, God, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit never condemns you. It's the evil spirit that condemns you. The, the Holy Spirit gently reminds, it's like a father. If you're a, if you're a parent, you will know that. But it's like a father is kind of saying, son, what you've done is wrong, but let me come. Let me help you here. He convicts us. He never ever condemns. And there are so many Christians who fall in sin and then they're condemned and they take off. My cry, church, understand the Holy Spirit is not there to condemn. He's there to convict. Amen. He's not keeping a record. Okay, um, Shohan, you did this wrong here. Now that, on that day, well, I'm sorry, Shohan. Now you got no room in the, Holy, in, in the temple of God today. He doesn't hold records like that. He wants to forgive you. He forgives you. And he wants to move you into all holiness and truth. 
So let's not be condemned Christians. Let us be Christians that are free. Amen. How do we, it's not me cooking this up, it's the truth. Let's not be people that are righteous because of our behavior. Let us be people that are righteous because that's what the Spirit teaches us. Amen. John 16, 8 says, in, the next point is convicts. He convicts, the Holy Spirit convicts the world of sin, righteousness and judgment. He will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. And I love it. I, I, I love as a saying, Peter, don't go there. Peter, don't say that. Peter, don't do that. And if I obey that in a small voice, which we term it as conscious, but when the Holy Spirit comes, it is the Spirit of God that speaks to you. Peter, don't do that. Peter, you've committed sin there. Now ask Jesus for forgiveness. See, the Holy Spirit teaches us to convict and leads us into righteousness. He guides us in all truth. In John 16, 13, it says, However, when He, the Spirit of truth, is come, He will guide you into all truth. For He shall not speak of Himself, but whatsoever He shall hear, that shall He speak. He guides us into all truth. And when I gave my heart to God, I tell you, I had this clarity and this boldness. Because, you know, being in the Anglican church is the mother church. You've got to be part of it. It's a huge, it's like worshipping man. And the bishop comes, you kick Jesus out and you focus more on the bishop than Jesus. You want to keep the bishop happy. Forget Jesus. And so my dad, I mean, we, we, we grew up in this. And I remember when I was finally, when I found the truth, going to a church where they believed in the Holy Spirit, it was a big deal. And I remember my dad said to me, even though we're born in the Christian family, it's a big deal, believe me. And there were a lot of seismic shifts in the house. Okay. And uh, I said to my dad as a 14-year-old, because my dad was concerned. He said, son, that church that you go to, don't even have a burial ground. Where will they bury you when you die? I know I'm, you know, but that's what my dad was saying. They don't even have a burial ground. Where will they bury you when you die? And the Spirit of God gave me the courage to speak to my dad in a not condemning way. But I said, I'm not interested in this body. I'm more interested in the Spirit. And when I die, my spirit is with God anyway. Now you've got to understand a 14-year-old saying that to somebody who knew a lot about God, who knows a lot about God. Something triggered in him and he started following in the Pentecostal church. Anyway, I'll talk about that later. That's for later. But we have somebody in our midst, Raj. And Raj has been coming to our church for probably about six, four, four, five, six weeks. Let's put it in that. And um, now Raj comes from a Hindu background. And uh, he, he was born and brought up in, in the UK and, uh, of course, he went to school there, but moved to New Zealand about 12 years ago with his wife, Veena, and two boys who are teens. And um, he didn't know anything about God. But something happened of how God led him. I'm cutting the story short. God's been speaking to him. But then he goes to Malaysia for a job hunt. 
and then he encounters, encounters a taxi driver. And the taxi driver sort of speaks about God and the Holy Spirit convicts and there's a little prayer going on in a taxi and Raj's faith comes to life in Christ. Then the taxi driver says, hey, wait a minute, I know somebody in New Zealand who can help you now that you know about Jesus Christ and um, gives the details of a pastor who's in Tauranga and the pastor in Tauranga says, Look, I don't know any, I mean, you're in Auckland and live in Tauranga. So I'm going to call somebody in Auckland. So I, he calls me and I call Raj and Raj and I meet on the same day and the journey began. And so I thought instead of me telling the story, I'm going to get Raj himself to come and share the story. And so why don't you give you a hand, give hand to Raj. Come on, Raj. Um, and when I talk about when I talk about guides in all truth, so this is Raj. Can I just grab? You've got to understand Raj is very, he's saying, look, I'm new here. And I said, who cares? <laughs> you know? So we did prepare. But I asked Raj to share his testimony, you know? So Raj, I kind of quickly let them know, but how did it come to this point? How did you get here, you know? Okay, so thank you for- Everyone, um, for giving me this chance, good morning to you all. Uh, I'm not as animated as Peter, I must admit, so I'll stand here. Um, I can teach you. Yeah. Look, for over a year, I've been finding difficulty at work. It's, things have been tough, and in May, I decided to leave, and then I started two businesses. Um, neither of those businesses were bringing in enough money to pay the bills or the mortgage, so I, t- so I decided to apply for jobs, including overseas. Times were getting tough, still no money coming in. And I was looking for answers spiritually. I started to pray, I started to read. And I was reading more and more about Jesus. And almost three months ago, I said to Jesus that I opened my heart to him and asked him for his help. Within days, I was getting some interest in my businesses. Nothing concrete, but some interest. And then I received an email out of the blue from one of the jobs that I applied for, and it was inviting me for an interview over Skype, which I did. And then that was followed by another interview over Skype at the next level. And then I heard nothing for a couple of weeks. So I was beginning to question my faith. Still a lot of confusion at the time, and you'll you'll understand in a minute why there's a lot of confusion there. I was praying and reading but not really knowing what I should be doing or how. And eventually, from the Skype interviews, I was invited to an interview in Malaysia, and it went really, really well. And I was out there on a rainy afternoon, um, and I went for a walk around KL, and thinking to myself how bad this job would be for my family, because it splits us up. So that was more confusion. It was time to go back to the hotel. I had a flight in the afternoon. And I saw a taxi had just dropped off some passengers. And he, I walked over. And the strange thing is he said, wait a minute, I'm going to help you. Which I thought to myself was a strange thing for a taxi driver to say. But I waited. I got in eventually. He introduced himself as Simon Raja and told me about his story. He was a Hindu. 
he was married to, I think he said he was married to a Sikh. He had, he told me about his story where he had stage three or four cancer. And he went to many temples. He went to, uh, you know, the Gurdwaras as well. And a friend of his introduced him to a church in KL. He went there. He was touched by the pastor and fell unconscious. He fell to the ground. He was in his late 40s when that happened. And he was in his 70s when he was telling me the story. I spoke about my troubles and my dilemma. And when we got to the hotel... And this was, I remember it clearly because it was the 27th of September and it was just after 5 p.m. He prayed for me and my family. But for me, it was no ordinary prayer because I didn't feel it was a prayer. It was, it was God talking to me directly. And then he gave me his WhatsApp address. I mean, God's communicating through WhatsApp these days. <laughs> and he sent me the details of a friend in Tauranga, um, Pastor Andrew Willisingham, and he put me in touch with Peter. Peter called, and we met. I came to church that Sunday, and I've been coming ever since. So that's how how I'm here. Yeah. So what I want to ask is how, I mean, the reading is good and understanding, but how, for me, the question is, how did you know that Jesus is real? More animation. Okay. It's gone off. All right. I was brought up as a Hindu. I attended temples quite a lot as a kid. Um, never really understood Hinduism. Maybe it was because of the language. Maybe it was because it was never explained to me. I've always believed in God. And there's never been any doubt about that. My school that I went to, secondary school, was non-secular. And in those days, you didn't have the option to you know, be pulled out of religious studies, so I attended classes. In assemblies, um, school assemblies, they'd sing hymns, we'd pray to the Father. I remember even in, in primary school that um, I was in a nativity play, playing one of the three wise men. <laughs> but after secondary school, in my 20s, I've always wanted to know more about religion. And I've previously read the Gita, I've read the Bible. Um, But more so over the last few months, I've been reading the Bible, looking for answers and trying to understand why this time has been so difficult. I couldn't find any answers, um, and I couldn't find any answers within Hinduism. But I could find them within Christianity. And as I continue to read the the Bible, I'm finding answers to questions I haven't even asked yet. Um, but they are in my thoughts, and that's you know where the you know the, probably a disconnect between the heart and the mind at this at this time. So really, that's how I know. That's how I know. Mm. Isn't it good? God is good. I, can't, I don't know how you can sit in your feet. I mean, sit sit on a, sit on a chair. I just want to jump because God is awesome. Amen. Hallelujah. Cool. I'm not scaring you, I hope. No, no, Gosh. no. But, you know, one of the things with the Holy Spirit is that when you have the Holy Spirit touch you, you know, people say all these feelings. Holy Spirit does impact your feelings. 
You know, that's why you weep. That's why you repent. That's why he touches your soul. It's okay to cry. Holy Spirit touches every being of who you are. And uh, so I asked Raj, I'll ask this, you know, how do you feel now? And man, I mean, wow. But how do you feel now? The more you hear. The reason I say I'll tell you that, sorry. Because he's been reading. I said, can you read John? Can you read Matthew? Can you read Psalms? Can you read Proverbs? He's reading that, asking me questions. I started answering them. Now he's asking more questions. And I'm lagging behind because <laughs> he's got so many questions. That is wonderful. Amen. So how do you feel now, Raj? I feel excited. I, uh, well, excited, <laughs> definitely. I feel at peace. In my heart, I feel at peace. And I know that God has sent me on this journey. Um, and I don't, worry about, I don't worry about what will happen because I know it's God's way, it's God's plan, it's God's will. And therefore, it has to be right. Yeah. I'm at peace. Oh. Yes. Come on, give the Lord a big hand. Please stay, please stay. Amen. Amen. Fantastic. Now, I want to say thank you. Who's blessed? You're welcome. Now, tell me this. Which man can orchestrate this? No man can do that. Holy Spirit is alive. Amen. And so what I want to say is that this is amazing, right? He's, he's searching, goes to Malaysia of all places. And he's in New Zealand, goes to Malaysia, has to go to Asia because God really moves in Asia. You know, and he's going to come back December, January, Jesus goes on holiday. Anyway, uh, but God touches him, brings him back and God orchestrates. Here he is. I said, come to church and he's never missed a beat. What he didn't tell you that Veena, his wife, is struggling with Raja's beliefs. She's still Hindu. Yeah. The children. You got a 17 year old. Is it? Uh, 17 and 20. Av- Avi? 17 is Isa, the yeah. younger one. 20 year old Avi. Avi. So he's got a 20 year old son and a 17 year old son who still don't know Jesus. And for Veena, you got on, I talk to him every, pretty much during the week too. But please, please play the keys. And see, the Holy Spirit is here now. We play. <laughs> we're going to, we're going to demystify all these as we go along. But what I want to say is he's a man who is believing in the truth. Veena is struggling. Veena knows that you're doing this today. It hasn't been easy for you every Sunday to get up and be here. No, it's been been quite difficult. Yeah. I'm torn between family and God, but I'm choosing God. Now, I want to say he's got a job in Malaysia. But I'm praying that he'll get a job in New Zealand. Because <laughs> I, I, I know a God, or I know God, a God, who doesn't split families. And I'm praying that he will be close to his family. And he's a software engineer looking for a job in New Zealand. So if you know somebody, I'm putting this out. But make sure you get a job. Otherwise, start a company and we'll give him a job. Okay? But I'm saying... Let us pray that he will get a job here, that he's close to his family. I'm excited about Raj, but I'm praying for Veena. I was praying, God, I hope Veena comes as well. You know, she sits here and listens to this. She almost came apparently, this close. God's working on her. God's working on his teens. God's hand is on you. I want you to stand your feet. We're going to pray for you, Raj. We want to pray for you.
We want to pray for you. I want you to stretch forth your hands, please. Let us believe together that his household will be saved. Let us believe for a job. Father, we come it right into your hands. Oh, Father, we're so excited that your spirit leads us into all truth. And it's done that in his life that he has given his heart to you. Now we pray for his family. God, that they will know you too, the one true living God. His name is Jesus. Where every knee shall bow, every sickness has to flee, every lie has to be broken for truth to set them free. So we pray, Lord, bring salvation to his household. And we pray for a miracle that he will get a job in New Zealand so he can be close to his family. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Raj. Thank you. Keep standing, please. Thank you. Give him a hand. Keep standing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I want to share the last point. I've skipped a couple of points. But I want to go to the last point, which is, He empowers us to be witnesses for our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, the Holy Spirit, I've been saying this, That's the last point. The Holy Spirit does not come so you can feel good. That's part of it. You feel great and all that. But the main primary reason so that you can, you are empowered to be a witness for Jesus out in the dark world. Amen. Amen. And I believe the same. God touched you. God transformed you. So it's not just you and God. But we pray. I pray for Vina every day since I met you and your children that they will come to know Jesus. And I want to show some scriptures here. And it says, but John 15, 26, but when the Holy Spirit helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father. Thank you. The Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of him. Acts 1, 8, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be my witness in Jerusalem and in the ends of the earth. The Spirit of God is in you. Amen. Amen. We want to see more people being saved. You're excited? We're going to declare the name of Jesus. We're going to sing that. Jesus, Jesus. And as we sing that, can you put, you know, when Lisa and the team sing, Jesus, Jesus, I was putting, oh, this is my need. I bring it before Jesus.